Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you're interested in different methods and ways to transform your life, like plant medicines and psychedelics, breathwork, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, and so many more that we've talked about on this show, then my friends, you are in the right place. This podcast is not just for practitioners. It's also for you if you're new to transformational work and you're looking for more information and direction. The reason I chose the name The Vital Point is to highlight the most important secret to actually changing your life, regardless of the method or modality that interests you. Are you ready to hear it? The vital point is that you have to practice. You can't just listen or read about transformation. And most of the time, you're not going to have some sort of one-time life-changing event. Real transformation is a process. I started this podcast to spotlight incredible leaders and practitioners who have experienced their own transformation and have been called to share their passion and mission with others so that you can benefit as well. If you're new to this type of work, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I'm an integration and transformation coach, breathwork facilitator, been meditating for 19 years, and recently began teaching mindfulness. Breathwork and a lot of the other modalities and resources I talk about on this show are tools that I discovered when I was at my lowest, going through my own transformational journey. I know how much change they can actually bring because I've experienced it myself. I've experienced the transformation that comes from working, practicing, and integrating these experiences, these practices. My intention is not only to entertain, but that something that you hear on this podcast sparks the fire of your own change. When you do feel called to learn more, please send me or the guests a message. We are all here to grow together and support each other. And I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. My guest on this episode is my friend, Jessica Basilico. She's a coach and consultant specializing in helping people transform into a more soul aligned career path. She's also in the process of launching a healing practice, providing Reiki, tarot reading, and more, and is the host of an awesome podcast, Safe Spaces with Jess. She's a friend and beautiful soul and shared her experience sitting with Mother Ayahuasca at Rhythmia in Costa Rica. We also talked about choosing a more fulfilling career and the energetic impacts of the Great Resignation what's been happening in the world during the last couple of years, going inward and working with our bodies, internal support and coping systems, and how to change them with medicine and our daily experiences is another topic that came up throughout the conversation. It was kind of this theme that was interwoven throughout the, uh, the entire conversation. And last but not least, we discussed tuning into spirit and our intuition how to develop that sense and using receivers like tarot and even movies to tune into our intuition, feelings, and experiences. 
Many thanks to Jessica for the conversation, and I hope that you enjoy the chat as much as I did. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Vital Point podcast, uh, the podcast that's all about different transformational practices, practitioners, and um, curiosity. So my guest today is a friend, Jessica (laughs) Basilico. Uh, someone that I've met here and formed a bond with over transformational practice and over our um, overlap of Instagram, of ice baths, of plant medicine, and uh, was recently a guest on her podcast, uh, The Safe Space. So um, Jessica, just to welcome you, um, I don't feel like I would do uh, you justice in doing a full introduction. So why don't you just share with the audience um, like who you are and all the things that you do? Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind, my friend. Um, So I am Jess Basilico. Uh, I host the Safe Space with Jess Poss podcast. You can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Anchor. I am a spiritually aligned career coach. I help teachers and higher ed professionals transition from the classroom and higher ed into corporate roles. Um, I help other people too, but that really is my niche, my specialty. Um, Anyone seeking change because they realize their nine to five might be soul sucking, I welcome you to come to me. I'm happy to um, get your soul less sucked. That is an excellent uh, calling that I think a lot of people can take advantage of right now. (laughs) Now, how long have you been doing that? Great question. So I launched, um, I made this uh, calling of mine. I, I really hear my New York accent right now compared to yours. So I'm just bear with me. I know that I sound like a sewer rat from Brooklyn. Um, we're but coast I, to coast. <laughs> yeah. So um, my, this calling, I made it official last March. I actually like, I purchased the LLC to my consulting and started formally, you know, uh, welcoming clients to come to me for resume writing. Before that, I was doing that for teachers mostly um, for free for years. Cause I come from teaching background. And, um, when I got to the point where I was like, I love, you know, I love helping and I love children and the purity of the things they say. <laughs> um, but the system, you know, we all, we all know the system's fucked. Right. And, um, right. especially in New York city, there's a very, uh, it's a very clear, it's a very clear, favoritism of which schools and communities get support and which don't and um you know some people can ride that wave and really fight that fight for a long time i got to the six-year mark and at year three i knew i was like i'm not staying here for my whole life i'm i have to figure something out so i ended up leaving teaching again nothing to do with the students oh my gosh funniest funniest students um so I jumped ship from teaching and I went into the corporate role, a corporate education technology role, which ended up, you know, people hear corporate and they're like, oh, you went from teaching to corporate. But for me, 
everything changed for the better. Like I had a work, I actually had a life, like work-life balance. Like I didn't have a life when I was teaching. I didn't, you know, my, the time off, people are like, oh, your summers and your Christmas vacation and all this shit. Uh, those days were spent with me in bed resting because of depression and anxiety compounded from fighting an uphill battle that seemed like one person could not fight. Um, so I made the difficult decision to take a leap of faith and seek another role, landed a role in corporate. It changed the trajectory of my life. It gave me time back. I was able to volunteer more. I was able to go back to the school that I worked at, um, and help there. Um, cause I, I got paid days to volunteer and, um, just everything about my life changed salary benefits, my health, my, um, spirituality grew from that I had time to move from survivor mode to actually living and and considering like what do I want to create in my life and so long story longer last year I made this resume writing career coaching gig official and um, I started to take on more coaching clients at the tail end of 2021 after uh, three life-changing <laughs> uh, sessions with Mother Ayahuasca. And, um, you know, the spiritual callings now are nonstop. It is nonstop downloads. It is nonstop intuitive inspiration. It is nonstop um, ideas and change and motivation. And I'm so humbled and grateful. And sometimes I'm like, sometimes when I'm praying and meditating, I'll say to spirit, like, are you sure that I can do this? Like, maybe you should ask someone else. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's relatable to you at all, because I know you do a lot. To, like, you you are doing the work, the good work. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. There was, like, a video that popped up in my memories or whatever you want to call it thing uh, from, like, two years ago. And it was, like, one of the first times I had ever gone live. And so I was watching it just curiously like oh you know like this is an oddity right now it's not such a big deal but in there I was I was talking about like a conversation that I had had with a friend of mine and this is two years ago so it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic you know it was like May of so we, we had been dealing with this for a few months and I remember this conversation and we were we were up in we were up in the mountains and we were talking he, he said something about like well you know this this situation, it's, it's just this opportunity for growth. And I remember like looking at him and being like, you know, sometimes I'm tired of growing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why does it always have to be growth? You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I was just laughing as I was watching that. Cause I was like, here we are two years later. And I don't know if it's gotten easier or better, you know, it's certainly like continued to evolve and, um, you know, change, but, you know, I, I, I don't think I could have imagined two years ago of like where we would be now, you know, Dude, <laughs> that hits so hard. Like I'm, I think about this time last year, I was still in, I, everything's different every single part of my life is different from this time last year. And it wasn't even a thought in my mind at this time last year that I would move, own a house, um, take on this added 
you know, expand this business in this way. I'm nurturing another, like a holistic healing business at the moment that I haven't launched yet. Um, you know, career wise, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in the in-between. There's like before something, it's like something is ending and I see what's starting, but I'm like in between them. It's just, everything is, everything is different. It's so unbelievable you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned ayahuasca and I definitely want to get into that because I'm really curious about your, your story and your path, yeah. but I wanted to just stay on this topic just a little bit longer, especially like not only are we talking about our own personal experiences, but, but you are being of service and you're like helping to nurture others. So how much of like your decision to, to start this business is coming from like this great resignation and like, what, what do you make of that? Like, wh how do you see the world changing? And I'm just yeah. interested to get your thoughts. It's such a good question. So at this point in March of last year, we didn't know that the great resignation was gonna become the wave that it's become. Right. And over the last six months, it's been so uh, overwhelming how many people are leaving their jobs and industries altogether, right, to seek out what fulfills them, whether they're spiritual or not, whether they're awakened or not, people, all of them are doing that, which is so powerful and unpredictable. I guess maybe in hindsight, some people were able to predict that in COVID, like we're kind of coming out of this cocoon, right? And we're entering this renaissance stage of quality of life. We were cooped up for how long, able, and if you chose to, sit with yourself and evaluate what's working and what's not. What do I want to go back to? What do I not? And, um, you know, that too, I, I didn't see, well, I didn't see the impact coming and, you know, I'm so glad I'm in this role and I'm so glad to be able to give guidance to those who want it because most of what I do, I might get a little choked up here, <clears throat> but I'm going to try not to. Most of what I do <clears throat> is channeled from a place of, um, the golden rule right? Like treat others how you want to be treated. What did I need then? What did I need when I was in a soul sucking job? What kind of words of affirmation did I need to hear? What kind of inspiration was helpful? What processes made, would have made the transition easier? And, and I think there's value in that, but now I'm also evolving into the platinum rule of how do you want me to treat you? You tell me what can I do to help you? And if I can do that, I'm, I'm happy to offer that to you. I love that. I love, you know, there, there's this, the, I think there's this misconception uh, a lot, amongst a lot of people when they start to go down their own healing path of like, I have to be completely healed before I can help somebody else. And certainly there's, you know, there you can't serve from an empty cup and you do need to some extent to put your own mask on first before you can, you know, help somebody else. But that doesn't mean that anybody that you're going to, I mean, there's, I think there's very few people in the world that are of service and, you know, um, healing and holding space and providing these different services and, 
um, teachings that is fully healed. I've, I've met a couple of them personally that I feel like I'm like, wow, that, that person is like on another level. And I don't even know if I should call them a person, but I would say like the vast majority of, you know, people are, they're healing themselves. And that doesn't, just because you're still in that process, doesn't mean that you don't have value in terms of helping somebody else. It doesn't mean that, um, that you can't be of service. And I, I love what you said about like you looking at yourself and saying like, what did I need a year ago, two years ago, five years ago? Um, sometimes it's like, what did I need yesterday? You know? Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, there, there, there's so much that you said there that like, I feel like we could get into um, the, you know, COVID being obviously like there, there are people that have suffered and continue to suffer. And, you know, I have compassion for them. And like you said, it, for some people, it was also an opportunity to, to go within, to slow down, to like, take a look at what they were doing and how they were living and say like, well, wait a minute, let me think about this. Is this really something that I want to continue to perpetuate? Um, I, I was living in this pretty bad area when COVID broke out. Like, and it was really interesting because my observation was that it was almost like there was like a, a split um, where people had a decision of like, okay, I'm either going to go down this road or go down this other road. And like, you know, my partner and I, we like went within, we started doing a lot of plant medicine. Yeah. There was like a lot of intention. There was a lot of inner work being done. And I watched other people that like my neighbors, this, uh, this one woman in particular who, when I had moved in a year earlier, um, seemed pretty normal, had two kids, seemed pretty like, you know, it was just, hi neighbor. Like I watched her devolve into addiction, into mental illness. And like, it got progressively worse and more like intense. Mm -hmm. And there was something where like, I could feel this energy in this environment like you know like it wasn't in my house but it was right next door and it was all around me and it was like whoa this is there's something more happening here than just this illness yes. like there there's something happening energetically there's something happening on a level that i can't really understand from like this three-dimensional sort of paradigm to me, like, I just tried to lean into it and, and continue to try to lean into it. And I love what you said, you know, like, uh, about the, some, of, some of our calling, some of the things that we are pursuing, they just weren't even there a few years ago. Mm. You know, like, you know, you're, talk, you're, you're being able to serve people that are like, hey, like, life's too short to be miserable in this corporate hell. So I'm going to go figure out what I really want to do and be yep. happier. Um, there's this whole industry 
popping up around psychedelics and integration. And, you know, like I have this, you know, you know, budding, you know, integration coaching business that, you know, again, like wouldn't be possible without people that are like, well, I, I need some answers. I want to go within. I want to rediscover these ancient medicines and wisdom and, and, and get deeper into that. So it's just, um, it's a really interesting time. You know, my mom always says that they're like, there's like an ancient Chinese saying, like, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> wow, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's lots of ways that you can take that. So, um, you know, so you, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you know, when you talked about your neighbor, something, it struck me, um, that one anecdote, right? That one person, that one story, you know, falling into addiction, falling into maybe a less, uh, maybe, you know, behavior that is considered a lower vibration um, than what we are here to seek. It makes me, she's one example of a nation, of a world that I think mm. many people fell into that. And I do want to say, like, I'm a big believer in taking the shame out. I come from a family of alcoholics and substance abusers. Um, and really, like, the only way to heal that is to first, I think, is to take the shame out and, and be like, yo, this is, sometimes this happens. And it happens because, to me, it sounds like this person never stopped to be still with her insides. And when you're forced to, now you have 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45 plus years of shit coming up to the surface at once, like opening Pandora's box, even if you didn't mean to. I think that that's really common in America, especially with this capitalist grind, right? With mm -hmm. um, go, 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 work harder, start earlier, end later. Can you stretch yourself thinner? And all that does is cause dis ease in our system because we're not made to do that and by ignoring the human part of us and the spiritual part of us we end up in that situation where now I'm over flooded with emotion that I don't know how to navigate or even put words to so I'm going to turn it off absolutely agree 100% um you know are people addicted to things well yeah you you can your body can physically get addicted to alcohol it can physically get addicted to heroin it can physically get addicted to certain substances but there's a deeper level mm. that needs to be addressed which is what why are you why are you behaving this way what is causing you to need to numb out to yeah. need to get away from um your your reality and what's the, the answer to that question overwhelmingly is trauma and pain. Uh -huh. And the, the body, the body is a system, you know, like we, we think that we're in control because we have like this brain that's in control of certain things. Like I can, I can raise my hands, I can dance, I can, you know, I have these certain um, functions there's all kinds of systems running in the body that we have absolutely no control over, mm -hmm. you know, try to stop your heart, try to stop your kidney yep. function, you know, try to stop your digestion. 
it, you know, those things, those systems are running without you. And in terms of your nervous system, the, the, you know, the body just tries to protect you from pain and danger. And there's things that happen to us when we're children, some of us, you know, older than children, but a, a lot of what we're going through is the experiences that we had as children that form certain perspectives, certain um, perceived dangers, and then we live our entire life mm -hmm. if, that, if, those, if those patterns, if those perceptions, if those filters that we're seeing the world through are not addressed, um, it's just like, hey, keep me from this pain, keep me from this, you know, this discomfort, this dis-ease, you know? It's so true. And it, it you, you're actually reminding me of like my first night with Aya, Ayahuasca, not Ayakar. <laughs> um, it was all patterning. She showed me all patterning and how, how impactful it has been on limiting me from living. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good segue. So I really want to hear about like how you found, like how you got to Rhythmia. Were you like how you found out about ayahuasca? Like, did you have any experience with psychedelics or plant medicine before your, you know, your Rhythmia experience? And like, how did you get there? Great questions. So, um, I did have psychedelic experiences before ayahuasca, but it, uh, it was maybe only like two years prior, like growing up, I was a big like party girl, drank a lot. I didn't even smoke weed until I was like 18. Um, and in college, you know, um, but, um, my first psychedelic experience was actually with acid. I like dropped, I just went in big with LSD. And, um, the first time I took acid, she also was showing me patterning. I had like an experience with my partner, my boyfriend at the time. And uh, we had like, he had said something that triggered me during the journey. Something like, uh, I could change this whole journey around on you. I was very like, I love life and I love earth. And I look at the leaves and the trees are dancing for me, right? And he's like, he's like, don't be disrespectful. Like this can change. And then it did. <laughs> um, and that was the first time I had an experience with a hallucinogen showing me who I had become, which at that time was someone who was afraid to ask for what they need. And what I usually needed at that time was help. Mm. And um, that came up a few times with psilocybin, microdosing, and then like not macro, but like close to macro. I don't even know the new, the metrics for macro dosing now. Um, and it was actually psilocybin that took me down a, uh, life-changing journey in and inward but also grounding and um my psilocybin journeys led me to taking these like spirit-led decisions that ultimately changed my life which was um moving and uh living where i live in the way that i'm living and um limiting access uh, limiting, you know, how much access certain people have to me. And in mm. general, I was a very typical people pleaser in the sense of like, I'll, I'll 
give you all my time even if I feel like shit because I don't want to upset you because that was like a programming put in me when I was younger and it was through psilocybin that I also found ayahuasca just kept coming up it like one one weekend it just kept coming up a friend of a friend went and sat with it I couldn't get enough information around it I remember reading about ego death before I took acid. Like I'm a nerd and I'll research everything up the waz, even if that's like Reddit threads. <laughs> um, but really Reddit threads gave me an idea of like what ego death is and what it could feel like and what you could experience and how real that death seems. And um, so then I went on this, down this rabbit hole of ayahuasca, couldn't YouTube enough videos, just people's testimonials, you know, nothing like, nothing produced, nothing, edited fancy just people on their phone being like I sat with plant medicine last night I sat with plant medicine last week I went to Rhythmy I went to Solterra and just even still honestly there are days where I just look those testimonials up on YouTube because people are constantly uploading them and it's so beautiful to hear it moves me to a point where I'm like I feel like I'm weird <laughs> I can talk so intensely and passionately about it because it's truly such a um, life-changing healing. There's like not enough words, Jonathan. There's not enough words. <laughs> it's just such a, the depth of healing that is available can make you come out with work, with integration work make you come out the you that you are supposed to be here to be. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So just to kind of like pull up the string a little bit. So you, okay. You started to, you started to learn about it. You, it started to pop up in your reality. You started to, to research and, and get really curious. So when you made the decision to go to Rhythmia, was there, like a specific intention? Was there something that where you were like, I need to heal or work on this? Or was it just like, I need to go sit with, with mother Aya? Like, I just, I, I, I know this is what I need to do. So this is where I'm going to sound a little nutty. <laughs> um, I had been in therapy at this point um, for several years working with a therapist who was really good about doing a lot of inner child work and shadow work with me. She mm -hmm. also leaned on the spiritual side. So the language was there. Um, though she's not, she's not someone that participates in psychedelics. She's like all about it. She supports. Um, and I had been working on, you know, like in, I had intellectualized enough of my shit to notice patterns and behaviors, but not, I felt like I was not able to break them, you know? It felt like I've done all this talking, but like, and like readjusting work, the work I'm doing in my life and discipline, but I was like, I'm still feeling all these big feelings and I'm still attracting the same things that I didn't want to attract anymore, whether it was people, places, opportunities, or problems. And at this point, I was like, wait, this medicine shows you how I interpreted it was this medicine will show you the root of the problem and make you sit with it to work on healing it. And really, 
it's a lot of like relationship dynamics and um, a lot of heartbreak in my life around people, whether that's romantic or otherwise. And it became unbearable. Hmm. And that has been the driving factor for a lot of my healing is the unbearable pain of heartbreak whether it's with a partner or a family member or a friend and um in in my journeys of like learn in my you know rabbit hole discovery rhythmia kept coming up from different people i follow and i just knew I was like, I'm supposed to go there. And then when I looked into it, the synchronicities were like, bang, like I ended up knowing people that went there. I went to college with someone that went there. My mom ran into somebody in a roundabout way who also went there and she put me in touch with him. It was in this part of Costa Rica that I had been previously where I remember landing on the plane, landing this wedding years ago where I was like, I can't explain it, but I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed mm. to be on this land, this specific part of the world. I'm supposed to be here. And my friends were like, why is she talking so much? It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Can I offer like this interesting insight that I just had as yeah. you were, as you were talking. So like you were sharing something very personal and, you know, emotional to you. Like I could hear it. I could feel it as you were, you know, kind of talking about this, um, this pain and suffering that you experienced. And I know that like, that's a part of your experience. And um, I can definitely relate in my own journey. As, as you were saying that, I was like, wow, like, how incredible that you had the courage to want to do something about that first of all, that you were like going to take action to, to change that because not everybody does that, first of all. And not only that, like you were willing to go a great distance and go into the unknown, like truly take the hero's journey of going into the cave, you know, so to speak, metaphorically. Um, it's not like your next door neighbor was like, hey, I got this thing. You want to like come <laughs> hang out and party tonight? You know, like you literally went to another continent and like trusted this medicine and this calling. And I think that there's something very um, admirable about that and very courageous. And I hope that, you know, I hope that you also keep that in mind um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's something to be proud of, you know? You are very kind. Thank you very much. I, um, let me tell you something. When I was nine, I used to pray to God as a Catholic child that aliens would abduct me because I believed that I would be a great liaison between aliens and humans. So this is like a very, uh, I love your warmth and what you're saying here, but I also look at myself since I was a kid as like just a little off, just a little out there, not in a bad way. I'm just, I've always been a little different, a little, I always color outside the lines and, you know, I don't label myself as brave. It's like a calling. It's just, I'm so, I was supposed to do this. I, I was, I, everything that has happened, 
I was supposed to do it. It just was supposed to, if that makes sense. Sure. All right. So you wanted to go to Rhythmia, you get to Rhythmia and then what happens? Like, I, I want to hear about the whole experience. Um, okay. <clears throat> so first night, first few nights they have you do breath work and they just cleanse you. You don't actually sit with the medicine. And um, I went in, I think I mentioned this to you on my, on my podcast that I was a little skeptical about breath work. I hadn't really heard of it before. And the way they presented it sounded like there's some almost like hallucinogenic property to breathing in a certain way. And I found that very difficult for me to believe, um, which is just my ego protecting me. <laughs> um, and the first night with breath work, I lost it. I was, um, I got into a state where my deceased relatives who I was close with were coming to me and I was, you know, crying and like, just like every so much emotion came out. And um, they were my relatives, my Nana, my grandma, my aunt were like, you don't need to be the best student here. Like, just be mm. I'm so like, am I doing this right? Is this too much? Am I crazy that I'm crying? You know, and they're like, just be just be and like hearing that I like released so much because I never just am I never just show up and just be I'm always like how can I make this better how can I solve your problem how can I help how can I you know the pattern right. and so that was like a tremendous breakthrough alone if I left Rhythmia with that alone you know things would still be different not as drastically probably but the breath work alone was tremendous and then sitting with the medicine is a whole other world <laughs> um the first night at Rhythmia, the, the medicine is strong, but it's not as strong as the following nights. It kind of like allows you and the medicine to get to know each other. And um, the first night was for me, what came up was all my patterns. So I was just riddled with fucking crippling anxiety. Like when I say crippling, I mean, we walked into the Maloka Jonathan before we even like had a sip of that beautiful barky <laughs> medicine um i was hysterical crying got on my mattress went under the covers and just cried people are like talking and socializing peeing like learning the maloka and i'm just like flipping the fuck out already the rhythmia dogs came to me at one point like i was like even they know i'm nuts like um but it was so good it was so good she just showed me how much um through me like feeling it I don't know how to explain that, but the medicine showed me how much fear was driving my life and holding me back from living. And what's so crazy is that, you know, I had sat with a medium at the start of the year who had said that a, an uncle of mine who had passed came in and was like, you need to get up and live your life. You're not living your life. And I remember thinking like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And at Rhythmia, I was like, oh my God, it's coming again. This message is coming again. I'm not living. I'm just overworking, thinking that that's what I'm supposed to do and like wait until, I don't know, wait for what? I don't know what I was waiting for, but I was waiting. And, um, you know, then uh, after the patterning, like the anxiety and the fear came, um, some of my deceased loved ones on my mom's side came through and 
I say came through, you know, it's like, for me, it was like this, I don't know. Uh, what is the word when it's like Star Trek, like holographic? Yeah. For me, it was like a holographic experience with my uncles and um, witnessing a lot of the abuse that they endured from my grandpa. And um, I knew that I didn't, you know, that wasn't new. But the level of extremes, I didn't know. And um, seeing how seeing how it affected my mom and how it wired her nervous system and then how that nervous system was directly put and coded into me in utero. Um, and that was all night one. And there was a lot around um, my feminine and masculine energy and how imbalanced I was at the time and how I was heavy on the masculine side, heavy on like the doing, the analytical, the not receiving, the providing. And it's, you know, again, the synchronicities were crazy. Like I had, I made a friend, I had made two friends, Alex and Evan, and Evan is a, ma a man, a masculine energy on one side of me and Alex was a feminine on the other. And each experience, like each journey, like my masculine journey and all of that trauma, I was facing Evan's side. And the medicine like directed me to like face Alex and, um, I mean Beth, I'm saying Alex, face Beth and um, face a lot of like maternal and feminine wounding that I hadn't explored beyond talk therapy, right? Like, cause how do you know? How do you know how to go into the subconscious and actually like go back, back, back? The medicine like can bring you back depending on what you need. For me, it brought me back to such younger days where I didn't know you could remember, you know, pre like four years old. I didn't know people could like really store that, but it's all stored. We are computers. It's all stored. Mm -hmm. We just block it out. Like, uh, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah, know? dude. It's like, oh, we got to keep, got to keep you safe. So we're just going to file that away where you can't get to it. It's so true. It's, it's so true. It's like on a, a, it's like a dark cabinet filing cabinet in a back closet with no lights on. Right. That's what it felt like, you know, and, um, just the first night alone, I was like, holy shit, like this is magic for lack of a better word. And it healed so much of my inner child that was like always looking for the leader in the room. The medicine was like, you are the leader in the room for you. Mm. And that has been again, life-changing. I got to find more words for these interviews. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah. Um, just listening to your story. I mean, there's, there's definitely things that I can relate to. Um, I also think it's really, I, I find it fascinating, like the, the subtlety of ayahuasca, you know, there's, there's such great care in the container I mean, when it's done right, like obviously there's people, you know, out there that are like mavericks and not, not paying attention to set and setting and, and the container, but like when, when it's done right, there's such care in, in little 
things because the medicine works in these very, very like subtle ways. Like you, you know, you mentioned um, the influence of the people that you are sitting on either side, you know, either side of you, um, the people in the container, just, you know, in, in total, it's, it's the, it's one reason that, you know, no offense to anybody that likes large ceremonies, but like, I stay away from that shit. Like I don't want to deal with 50 people's energy, you know, like 10 people is, you know, a lot just dealing with that. Um, but like, you know, I've, I've had experiences where, um, for whatever reason, like, even though every other time and people said like, oh, best practice is like, don't sit next to somebody that you are involved with. But like, where I've sat next to my partner and like, both of us are, it's like, cool, let's deal with our interpersonal issues, <laughs> you know? Um, so like, there's, there's all these little subtle things that can happen um, within the medicine space that like, um you know, we're, we're so open and we're so sensitive in that, in that space. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's fascinating to me, like how open we are and the, and the people that the maestros, the, the corinderos, the teachers, the leaders that are actually able to see and work on that level of subtlety. You know, it's like, it's really like this surgery, you know, um, that that's happening at a very, very like subtle, subtle level. And, um, I don't know. It's just something that I, I find really fascinating. Fascinating. It's fucking mind blowing, dude. Like it's real magic in real life. Like anyone who combats or like has something to say that's not fully, you know, on board. I get it because at one point I was there too. And now I'm like, no one can, no one could change the perspective I have on what this is, what those people are offering, what this earth gives us. It's all so like overwhelming to think about the power that's here right? and, and how easily we can ignore it. Yeah. And you, like you mentioned, you know, um, experiencing and understanding how um, the experiences and trauma in your family got passed down and translated into your experience. Um, That's definitely something that came up for me during my first ayahuasca experience. Like I literally went back into the womb and could feel all my mom's unprocessed trauma, like coming into me and like, like, like it feeding me, just like if you, you know, like a baby doesn't have any control over what they're being fed in utero, right? So it wasn't just like the food that my mom was eating. It was like all this unprocessed anxiety and trauma and fear. And the other part of that, like sort of the, the end result of that was the, the, the sort of the way that I processed it was like, this is like somebody gave you a coat and said, this is your coat. And, and I've been wearing it for my whole life. Yep. And it's like, well, wait a minute. No, this, this isn't mine. Yep. This is yours. Like I can yep. take it off and give it back to you and be like, no, I don't, I, I don't want this. 
you know, and, and obviously it's not that simple, but that, that metaphor in the medicine space, like really worked for me because it was like, oh, this is something that I've been wearing, that I've been carrying around, thinking that it's mine. Yes. And it's not mine and I don't have to carry it. And she gives you the opportunity to choose to take it off. Right. And, and going into, you know, and going into subtlety and different layers and levels that we can't understand, you know, it's, it's one of the amazing things about doing medicine work is that as you continue to open, not only do you have the opportunity to get into your childhood trauma, your complex trauma, um, whatever acute traumas have happened in your life you start to like peel layers of the onion back. It's like, okay, cool. Now let's talk about our generational trauma. Let's talk about the fam, like the trauma mm -hmm. in my family and my, my bloodline. Uh, let's talk about the societal trauma, mm -hmm. the collective trauma, the generational trauma. Um, and then, you know, it can keep getting like weirder. Like let's, let's get into other realms and other dimensions and other like, you know, other things that are happening outside of our, our physical and visual uh, experience. And yeah, like you can go there for, for all of that and, <laughs> and be, be this conduit for, mm -hmm. for healing and transformation um, through, through this medicine. And it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's magic. And I like that you use that word because I've always considered magic to be science that we just don't understand or have the language to understand. Yes. You know, there was a point in time where uh, different medicine that we use was magic. There was a time where fire was magic. Right. Um, right. You know, like th these are all things that we understand now and we can go, oh, there, we can put language of science and, you know, understanding. Um, but until we understand it, we're just like, I don't know, it's magic, you know? It's like, uh, if we showed, let me think, if we showed um, colonial pioneers on the Oregon Trail, the most sophisticated aircraft that we have on planet Earth right now, that to them would be like, that's impossible. That's otherworldly. That's magic. And if we remember, like, zoom out and remember, like, there's so much we don't fucking know. There's so much room to welcome the mystery and like allow it to come in to your life. I didn't know that you had a, a womb journey. I had a womb journey too, my second night. And I, after I died first and then I went back to my mom's womb. Did you have a, a, a re, like, were you born too? Uh, you know, I don't remember. I remember like swaddling myself mm -hmm. on my mat. Like I mm -hmm. needed, like I, I literally felt like this infant where mm -hmm. I just needed, like I really wrapped myself up very tightly. I felt like I needed to swaddle. And I definitely remember the experience of being in the womb, which was a very uh, peculiar sensation because it's not something that we actively remember you know in our in our adult like waking lives it's not like oh yeah last week i went to that place and had dinner and i can remember 
walking in and what the table looked like and, you know, the menu and, and all that tactile sensory information. Um, but yeah, in the medicine space, it was, it was there. It, it, it had sensation, it had um, color, it had like experience. Um, yeah, it was, it was a trip. It was a trip for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so like getting, getting into that, you know, like in, into that magic and into that mystery, um, how, how do you think that people invite that into their lives? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like you working with, with tarot and working with spirit to me, like that's, that's, that's what I'm doing when I work with those things. It's like tuning into a different frequency. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's magic when it happens, you know? And so like, how, how can people like start to cultivate that and bring that into their life? Do you think? Such a good question. I think a great starting point. Okay. And this might seem simple, but I think it's important. A great starting point is listening to your body or your gut reaction or any flutters that you experience in your body when you are presented with things that you are intrigued by, like what calls, what pulls in your interest and makes you go, whoa, I need, I want to learn more about that. Or like, let me see that. You don't have to believe it, but like follow that feeling because it's, that's your body and your, maybe your spirit. I don't know. It's telling you something. Mm -hmm. And that I, I found that by following those paths, I've developed and like a renewed relationship with mind, body, spirit. Like everybody's on the same page. Everybody's on the same page. All of my personalities. I think that your, I think our intuition and our gut instincts our, are stronger than they are advertised in mainstream. And that may be intentional. And I don't even have like the capacity and wherewithal to go there because like, fuck everybody. But um, from a place of love. <laughs> but I, I do believe in my guts that like, listen to what, what calls you, what intrigues you, what gets you like lit up, like where are your rabbit holes? And if it's, you know, you know, a rabbit hole of mine used to be like Ariana Grande and Mac Miller couldn't get enough. Right. But like, and that sounds so trivial on the surface, but it's not because what I was called, like what I was fascinated by with the dynamic was two people living in their calling, open about it, making spirit-led decisions, one plagued with struggle, the other with light, and how that can be so relatable and beautiful and disastrous at the same time. So, I really believe in list the more we listen to ourselves and what we really want, what we really are interested in, go to that. That's like a great building block for trusting yourself, trusting your intuition. And then, you know, there's a lot of healers and holistic practitioners that offer sessions on IG live or Facebook or uh, over zoom that sh that gives you practical processes for channeling 
and practical processes for checking in with your intuition or building your intuition. I recommend those. I, I did those most of 2020 into 2021 is I, I spent so much time like just trying to reconnect that way and understand like what is intuition? How do I know the difference between anxiety and fear and intuition? And how do I know what's a gut instinct around like survival and a gut instinct around like knowingness and oneness and assuredness? Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There, there's two things that you just said that really like stuck out to me. The, the first one is the importance within the context of integration the, the, the importance of, you know, ayahuasca is a great example because, you know, if, if you, if you do mushrooms or you do ketamine or you're, you know, LSD or something like that, like there, there isn't so much protocol around the preparation process. When you sit with ayahuasca, there's a whole protocol. There's a whole diet that you follow. You start to, if you're following it, you start to take away all these things that are helping to distract you that are helping to keep you from being present in, in the in the moment you know you take away all the bad food that you're eating you right. take away all the shitty media that you're consuming you know you yes. stop you you stop numbing yourself out with all these things and then what happens is because you're not distracted you realize how distracted you actually are on a daily basis. And it's like, it's that's sort of this compass that's pointing you towards, oh, here's some work for me to do. Yeah. But what that also does is it lets you have more of your attention back for like these other subtle things that are happening, you know, in, in your world, right? Like, and as you get more accustomed to that as you become more normalized to these subtler things that are happening you can start to practice that you can start to habituate it you can start to tune into it stronger of like oh wait something's happening in my body right now now like before you sat with ayahuasca not you personally but just you know the you that's listening um you know, when you had that sensation, you might go and, you know, have a shot, you know, or, you know, like, go and um, buy something or go gamble or get into, you know, a shitty relationship, like something, yeah. something else to like, because that sometimes those sensations, especially when we start are uncomfortable, we're not used to them, our body again is like, yeah. going like, oh, this isn't safe, I got to, you know, find find the way to protect you and, and to cope. But as you take away those coping mechanisms, it's like, there's an invitation there. You know, there's an th that that sensation, that intuition, it, there's an invitation to like, pay attention. And so as you begin to heal, that's like, okay, here's this invitation of like, something that I can work on that I can change and transmute. And then as you continue to do that work, it's like, oh, wait, there's other sensations, there's other intuitions that are happening. So I love that you, you know, recommend just listening and being open and like tuning in to those sensations. And then the second thing was 
Okay, maybe maybe I should just stop there because I, I you you look like you had something you wanted to add. I was just gonna say um, it's really hard for us to slow down, right? Mm. But that is the speed at which you will be in tune. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so the second one was what you mentioned about Ariana Grande and Mac Miller. <laughs> yeah. Um, so within um within the holotropic breathwork uh like paradigm and protocol there's this concept that everything that's happening to you in your external experience uh is a projection or a reflection of what's happening in your internal world mm -hmm. and that when you get when you uh get triggered by something or when something moves you there's an invitation to take that experience inward and get curious about like, what, what does this mean? Or like, why is this, um, why is this making me react in this way? Why is there this emotional charge behind it? And um, when I was doing my breathwork training, we read this book by Tab Sparks, who's sort of like uh, Dr. Stan Groff's, one of Dr. Stan Groff's protégés in the holotropic breathwork world. And he actually wrote this whole book uh, around a process that he called movie yoga. And like the whole process is like when you're watching a movie, uh, everybody is experiencing that movie differently yeah. based on our own experiences and based on like what emotional things we are working on or haven't worked on and like getting triggered by or, and so when you're like watching a movie, it's, it's an invitation to get curious about like, what is that experience that I'm having? What is actually triggering me and like take that experience inward. And the wonderful thing about that practice is it's not just limited to movies, right? Like you could do that with anything like mm -hmm. relationships or music or the, you know, the, the conversations that you're having with your coworkers or the people that you see at the grocery store or anything, right? Like it's yeah. all this invitation to just be curious and take it inward instead of projecting your experience outward. Mm. Yep. So the, I love that. The answers are in, they're never out. They're always in, but we're not taught to go in and we're, and it builds, it creates this fear, I think. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, you know, it was, it was so great. Like, I, I really appreciate that you're tuning in and to your gifts with, uh, with, with tarot reading and, you know, connecting to spirit that way. Um, there's, there's so many um, synchronicities and signs in the world. And I think that's one thing that starts to become more apparent as we work with medicine, as we start to heal. And like, we, like we're talking about, we start to like live in this more authentic present way. Mm -hmm. It's like all of a sudden we're open yeah. to more experiences in life that are always there. We're just usually too busy, occupied doing or mm -hmm. running away from that emotion or that experience trying to cope to like actually be aware of it and tune into it. It's so true. I, I was, I read for myself every day. Like I have my, I, uh, and, and I, 
I'm always on the lookout, angel numbers, um, animals, signs. And now it's like, it's getting so intense and deep, almost like more sophisticated now, where literally yesterday I was journaling and I always have music on here. And as I was like reading something I had written, the two words I had read actually were sung in the song at the same time that I read it. And like, that sounds like such a little, and it's not, it's none of it is, none of it's little, none of it is coincidence. All of it is synchronicity. And like the more open you get, the more it comes in faster and more apparent. And you're like, I'm surrounded. It's been here this whole time or everywhere, everywhere. And like, that's the, that's been like a very, anchoring gift because I don't feel alone and I am very much like in 3D alone like I live alone I live far away from most people um and I just don't ever feel alone in a beautiful way you know yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right it's it's all around us all the time and and I love that you mentioned you know how how it unfolds as we tune into it as as we like are open to receiving you know instead of pushing it away or you know writing it off or ignoring yeah. it you know it's like that that sense um gets more sophisticated and that that happens within like the somatic um and the internal experience as well right like um, you know, a as we like tune into what's happening within us, the sensations and our ability to tune in get more refined. They get deeper. Um, you know, one thing that like that one way that that's manifested for me is like, I, I can feel sometimes when I am getting triggered, when I'm getting emotional, like how old that part is. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can literally tell the difference between something that's happening because of what I experienced as like a four-year-old than something that happened as like a 15-year-old um, or something that's happening as an adult, you know, like those, those have different sensations in my body. They have different like intuitive feelings to them. Um, they have totally different experiences, even though it's, it's all within me. And, you know, the, to me like that, connection with spirit, you know, using tarot or using Oracle cards, it's, it's no different. You know, it's just, it's, it's like a channel just tuning into yep. it. And that's the thing is, um, you know, the hero's journey, the reason why the hero's journey <laughs> is everywhere. Every story is the hero's journey, right? Um, it's, it comes, we are the ones humans write stories, humans tell stories. That's how we connect there's something inside our fibers that is directing that and driving that. And that's why we're all called to it and drawn to it. Tarot and Oracle and looking at the signs, it's all part of that same thing. It all comes from the same place. It's your opportunity to look for the pieces that are like telling your story or creating your story. So when people are like, you read tarot, like the answers are in tarot and it's like, okay, no, Nicole, the answers aren't in tarot. The answers are in us. But if you're looking right. 
if you're looking at it as like a tool or a resource and you're open, you can string together what the message is. And if you're being read, your job is to actively listen and actively feel what's hitting you. What words, symbols, numbers are resonating with you? That's your job. I can tell you what's coming through from the cards in my, you know, experience and like my channeling, but it's your job to feel it and determine, discern this, this is for me. That's not for me. This is for me. You know, it's all, again, it's all in, it's all inside. Yep. The, the answer is going inside on so many different levels and for so many different things. I love that. Well, this, uh, this time has just flown by. It's been uh, awesome. I could talk to you for hours, man. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So where should people um, go to learn more about you or if they want to work with you? I know you have quite a few different projects. (laughs) Yep. So if you are a teacher, a higher ed professional, or somebody looking to make a soulful, aligned career change, you can follow me at Jessica underscore Postilico on Instagram. You could also book a session with me or a coaching session with me at www.jessicapostilico.com. You can also follow me if you just want some light and upbeatness in your life. I try to be a place of peace and safety and light in a world that has otherwise shown us it is chaos. Um, And I am in the process of launching a holistic healing business where I'll be offering Reiki meditation and tarot readings to the public. Um, If you are interested in a tarot tarot reading or Reiki at this time, you can also just DM me at Jessica underscore Postilico for the time being. I am going to launch something formal in the not so distant future. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your experience and your voice, your energy with everyone. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Even yeah. when I- <laughs> and thank you to everyone for uh, tuning in live. Really appreciate you guys. Um, definitely follow Jessica and Um, If you're enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you went to Apple, uh, the Vital Point podcast, and left a review. It would definitely help. Um, We're chugging along here. This is episode 33. So, um, you know, just the more people that can learn about this work, this transformational revolution that's happening, Mm -hmm. uh, the the better for, for humanity and for everyone around us. Um, so yeah. And if you're listening to the podcast on a replay on uh, Spotify or Apple, um, really appreciate you as well. And, um, please follow the podcast and, um, follow us on Instagram. I think that's where we're mainly, uh, active, right? And you know what? I, I'd even like to encourage people listening. If you, the first person you think of that you're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so would love to hear this part of the podcast. Send it to them. DM it to them. Send them the link. We have to start um, sharing the goodness, you know? Absolutely. So to everyone listening, um, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on The Vital Point. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. 
I hope that you enjoyed it and that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. Remember that integration and practice is the vital point. Maybe this episode inspired you to add something new to your daily or regular practice, like meditation or breath work. Or you're ready to take that ice bath that you've been dreading, but you know is going to be really good for you. Maybe you're curious to something that you've been called to try, you know, like working with a new teacher or facilitator or working with a psychedelic or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live. Please reach out to me or to the guest through the links on the show page to learn more about what we talked about on this episode. Subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a review, which really helps the show, makes it visible to more people. And if you're finding the show valuable, please share it with a friend that would also be interested and uh, share it on your social media. Follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram. That's all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support with self-development and transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or Instagram to set up a discovery call for individual coaching sessions and my six-month transformational coaching container. Until next time, be well, keep practicing, because that's the vital point. Be well, my friends.